from the top of the charts to the dusty $1 bin and everything in between, it's time for another review on Life to Labyrinth. I was only there to find out how to get away from there. <laughs> I had to do research to catch my kids. That's right. That's right. Uh, speaking of kids, we have been listening to two albums that were enormous when we were kids. And they were Stephen's suggestion. I couldn't have been happier, which is not something I ever thought about this group. But Stephen, what, what have you... Ouch. <laughs> oh, when, when this came out... When this group came out in what ninety six, when I was eleven or twelve, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There was absolutely no way that I was going to admit to liking anything by them. <laughs> so, before we get into that, Stephen, what did you suggest? What have we been listening to? Um, this week we listened to Spice by Spice Girls, and at your suggestion, we also listened to Spice World. I'm actually really glad you mentioned that because I did not realize most of the songs I remember are actually on Spice World. <laughs> and that shows the age difference because I was it, the opposite. <laughs> I was the opposite too. And before we get too far, we got to say welcome to Life to Labyrinth podcast. Thanks so much for being here. My name is Bryn. I'm Steven. I'm Angie. And yes, this week we have listened to the two big Spice Girls albums of the three they released. Only three shocking right yeah which is and they even mentioned it we watched some of the documentaries that are available on youtube about them and that's the thing that seems to sort of uh, follow them is that everybody has this impression that they were around for a really long time but it was only maybe like two years yeah uh, what shocked me when we were when i was watching some of those docs is like how big they got before they'd ever performed a show <laughs> like you're watching the thing and they're like we're about to do our first show and i'm like we're an hour into this documentary what is <laughs> like with bands and and musicians trying to break it they're touring all the time it's like live shows live shows it's not learning the dance moves and living in a house together that was yeah super interesting i do think everyone it's one of those things where I can't remember what they're called, where everyone remembers something incorrectly. The longevity mm. of the Spice Girls is something everyone remembers incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, it yes. feels like a decade, but it was, yeah. I think the the one video you sent us says four years before they split the first time. And two, their first two years they spent in that house, and yeah. forming the group, firing their manager, learning how to sing. Like, it was just like open casting call for girl group. They were just making a pop group. It was formed by a music producer that one of us should hopefully have the name of handy. Bob <laughs> and Chris Bob and Chris Herbert. I know son Duel. Yeah, I know Duel. Simon Fuller <laughs> was the one who, who picked them up when they took their demo tape and ran away. Just yeah. one of my favorite parts of the story. Yeah, they just tucked it in their pants, took all their stuff and ran like midnight moved out of the house in the middle of the night. What a crazy process, though. I did laugh at the amount of times that they kept mentioning that none of them had any vocal talent except for uh, Mel C. They were like, See? they weren't yeah. the good singers and they weren't the best looking. And I'm like, this is a little rough. Like, right? That's what and I they're thought. like, just... but Mel C could sing, basically saying that she's not good looking. Anyways, I thought that was hysterical because I also think they're all gorgeous. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I think that played Absolutely. a large part in it. So when they were trying to sell this, oh, they're just the girl next door. I'm like, no girl next door looked like that. <laughs> they simmer down. Yes. 
the the girls I grew up with, no offense, Angie, definitely did not bear a whole lot of resemblance to Jerry Hollywell. Yeah, sorry, my boobs were falling out of my British flag <laughs> when I was, you know, next door. Like, no, no. Much to my chagrin. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought the craziest thing too is like that's the VH, the like behind the music one, where mm-hmm. it then goes on by the end of it to show you them performing, like two years into their career, and. Every fucking woman on that stage is more talented than anybody I know in fucking real life. Like, even if you start as an amateur, doing two years of intense, constant choreography turns you into a fucking dancer. Like, Well, they all went to dancing or performing school, but not they couldn't fucking sing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Except They're- for Mel C. Mel C, although I think she had an interesting voice. But I, the funniest thing I always thought about the Spice Girls, and I was, like Bryn said, I was ripe age to be a Spice Girls super fan, like grade six, grade seven. Yes, like girl power, I'm there. But like, like they tuned out Posh out of every fucking song they ever did. You can't ever hear her because she can't sing. You never hear her ever. And when it's her time, it's like volume goes right down and she's like pointing, pointing, singing like this. And then it goes back to the group. (laughs) I literally YouTubed a compilation of her singing live just because I had no idea what she even sounded like. Yeah, and she actually can sing not too bad. And when you look at her audition thing, when she was talking about joining the group, she went in and sang like cabaret songs. She was like a theater arts student. But I feel like they pull her volume down hard on the tracks. Probably, yeah. That's why I went and saw like live parts because I was like, I can identify just about all their voices, but I was like, so when does Victoria Beckham sing? Yeah, totally. Or Victoria Adams, I suppose she was at the time. And you can hear Jerry like yelling in all the songs, even though she's got no vocal talent. She's just like, this is me singing, taking the spotlight. (laughs) (laughs) I love that they said that they hired her or let her join the group basically because she was a big personality. They're like, she can't sing very well. She couldn't really dance. She was just fairly obnoxious and seemed to fit in. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Amazing. (laughs) Like they formed this group because they all seemed to get along real well. And they they were all prepared to work really hard with no contract. And there was... I feel like I was definitely the Jerry of the group. I would have been like, guys, I can't do anything, but I will jazz hands the shit out of this. I I think that's like kind of a core experience with everything Spice Girls. Like even the movie, as much as a train wreck mockery of cinema it is it's fun and it's don't light. Give it away. we haven't watched it yet <laughs> okay so i won't say anything but it's just it's like their music it might not be deep or like groundbreaking but it's just fun and it just makes you feel good it's a rock and that's yeah right and that's just everything the spice girls did and that's crazy to me including yeah like the way they act when they're just hanging out together like four five friends yeah, to this day, when you see them all interviewed, they're still just, like, talking over each other, just like a gang of girls, you know? It's, yeah. It's 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 refreshing. And I don't know if you guys watched any live footage of them over the past week, but it's interesting, like, when you think of the kind of music they did and what that music means now in a live setting, and it's, like, massive production and all these extra backups dancers and all of that stuff, which is what I... St- believe their show was when they've been touring in like 2012 and whatnot Mm -hmm. but back in the 90s it was just the five of them and they just danced the whole time and sang the whole time they carried that entire show without backup dancers were they not lip syncing when they were live i i don't i don't know when they sing all together it sounds like they might be 
but then they they seem to constantly talk and sort of giggle and stuff through the songs so i'm wondering if it's like they had backing track that they sang over they yeah. had live mic <laughs> over backing track sorry when i when they show the their first ever concert like two years in in turkey I was like, well, what if they're actually singing? And yeah, you can hear them say stuff, but it felt like the track behind them was so loud that that was really where you were getting most of the vocals. And I was like, oh, this is so funny because they were like, we're going to show people that we can actually sing. And then all I heard was a canned track. And I'm like, God bless you. (laughs) It's funny, given what you said (laughs) about Victoria, like posh, is that I just looked it up because I was curious because I couldn't find anything about whether they lip sync. But apparently posh did said like 90% of their concerts, they would just turn her mic off and let the other girls sing. <laughs> like, that's how I always so 100% felt. nailed it. That's how I felt just listening to the songs. Like everyone had their little solo and then hers was like pointing, looking sexy, whispering a little. I, there was a guy in the, in the documentary I watched called Viva Forever, which was largely about their musical that came out in 2012, but it also really talked about their forming and stuff it was actually really interesting and you could totally fast forward through all the boring musical production parts (laughs) but there was a guy that described watching their videos and victoria looking like she was serving community service i have that line that was the funniest thing i had ever heard yeah because she came from a wealthy family because she was fancy and she's like Oh, I'm just here because I have to. Do I thought that was? I laughed hysterically. Yeah, posh, that was the most on thing. Videos. <laughs> like he's like the other four look like they're having a great time, and she looks like she's serving community service. I thought that was so spot on the nose and hilarious. Yeah, same. That was in one yeah. of the other documentaries because I didn't watch that. So I'm glad okay. that's made it through a few of them. <laughs> uh, I'll say this, though. When you watch them live, as much as she, to this day, puts on that that character of, like, I don't smile, I'm not approachable, I'm fancy. When you see them live, she's just, like, constantly smiling. looks like she's having a good time. And if you were to make a call at the time of which one of them was going to leave, it would probably have been her. Oh, absolutely. Not Jerry Hollywell. I think she was... Uh, and I could be wrong on this, but I think she was one of the main reasons they didn't get back together for so long. I think because, uh, like, out of all of them, she became British royalty. She had yes. the least to gain from going back to the Spice Girls. She was, she's basically the Queen of England. She married David Beckham, and it was Posh and Bex on the cover of every magazine for 100 years. So why would you Buckingham go back Palace. and... <laughs> why would you go back and lip sync? End point yeah. when you have it all. So I feel like that makes total sense that it would seem like she'd be the first to go, but I also feel like she was the one that held out. That's, like she was the Samantha in right Sex in the City redo. Yeah, like I, that sounds familiar. Like it's one of those weird, I don't remember any distinct details, but part of me just like feels culturally I was surrounded with the attitude that Posh was keeping the Spice Girls yeah. apart. Yeah. And that. I 100% until watching all these documentaries and stuff still only thought as Posh is super bitchy because that's all I remember seeing her as that character and it was kind of jarring to see them b- backstage where she's just yeah super bubbly and happy and like her and Mel B are constantly like smiling and giggling to each other it's just like wow like there's like a whole other side that I just never considered because I mean I was like you said four to seven when the Spice Girls were big. <laughs> I, re- I remember them mostly through my sister because she was a huge Spice Girls fan. Mm. 
Which Spice Girls, which, which Spice Girl did you both identify with the most as men? Oh, God. If you were a girl in grade six, who would have been your girl? Well, I had definitely had a crush on Emma Button. Yeah, she's adorable. As a grown-up, I think I'd probably want to know Mel C., who also apparently was one of the big holdouts on getting the Spice Girls yeah. back together. Because she had so much like emotional trauma and she had become anorexic during it and she hadn't really addressed any of it. And her solo career was the only, like, the only one that was doing anything, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I yeah, think I if any like of them were not lip syncing through that whole concert, it was definitely Mel C. It seemed like they were all lip syncing and then she was absolutely singing live. Sorry, Stephen, I talked over you. Oh, no worries. You're That's in, my fault. You're into Mel B. You're I would say like... It, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of it where you said, like, which Spice Girl would you, like, take this BuzzFeed quid? Which Spice Girl would yes, you? Yes, yes, yes. I'm asking <laughs> you to do know, a just, teen, teen beat I love, quiz. I love Mel B's attitude. I love her fashion. Her, like, I don't know. Scary Spice always, to me, felt the most at ease. She always just felt like she was 100% having fun, didn't give a shit what anybody thought or said. And yeah, I don't know. She just had this kind of like presence on stage and damn, she can dance, especially the like in the Viva documentary where they they do mm-hmm. the like big reunion concert or whatever. Or yeah. no, Viva's the one about the movie. But yeah, yeah, there's one of them where like they're showing like a reunion performance and Mel B just goes up onto the back up a couple steps and just starts fucking busting out. And it's amazing. I love watching it. <laughs> she was my girl too. I mean, I can see now that I was... I it was her her and Ginger, but Scary Spice was always my girl. I'm sure if I took a BuzzFeed quiz, I'd probably definitely get back Posh Spice just because I don't smile when I'm out. I don't like talking to people. <laughs> and you just whisper and point and duck I just face. whisper. Well, yes, look right. who just found the BuzzFeed.com. Which Spice Girl are you quiz? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Speaking of quiz, have you guys, I know we've talked about it before, but if, did you ever watch any of the Big Fat Quiz of the Years? Uh, I went back and I watched one after you talked about it, just because okay. it felt like something I should have known and I couldn't remember. Okay. But I never ended up watching more. <laughs> okay. I started watching totally one and it was it. not very good, so I need to go give it more of a chance. Fair, <laughs> That's fair. And it's every Christmas, so you have plenty of opportunity. But there was an episode that Mel B was on. Oh, and, fun. And at one point they all started making Spice Girls references all the other celebrities oh that would be good and she was so upset oh no (laughs) whoever it was was you know she's like well this is what I want he's like is that what you want what you really really want she's like you did not just (laughs) (laughs) oh that would be all it eventually made its way around to uh, Sarah Millican and they're like Sarah say something she's like stop right now oh my god (laughs) I love it so there's definitely a compilation on YouTube, which I could send you. Amazing. I've just all these British celebrities roasting the shit out of Mel B. Steven, are you quiet I, because you're taking the BuzzFeed quiz? <laughs> I was looking to see how long it is. It looks like it's going to take a while. So no, <laughs> it's very I did consider if it was quick to just throw it in our discord and have everybody quickly go through it. You're like, put it up on, put it up on Twitter. Put it up on Twitter. I'll tell you when oh, the yeah, episode yeah. goes up, put it up on Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I was a little surprised that they, I was very shocked to hear that they did a lot of the songwriting and then I remembered the lyrics and then was less shocked. <laughs> right, when they talk about doing um, 
the chorus for wannabe. Yeah, and really, really, really want a zig zig ah. She's like, yeah, zig zig ah was just this weird nonsensical phrase we used to say to each other in the house when we didn't know what to say. We we're like, wouldn't it be funny if we made that the chorus? And then they did. Like, <laughs> and then it amazing. was the biggest song ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also was very surprised to find out. I, I I knew that story about Wannabe, but I didn't realize how much they were involved in the songwriting like, in general. Yeah, totally. It seems like if you're going to be a canned band, you're hiring a canned singer. I mean, not singer, writer, and, and you're picking and choosing songs that other people have written for you. But that didn't. Yeah, yeah that was surprising. Because in that Viva Forever thing, Jerry Hollywell quite often will talk about how she would have an idea for a song. You know, and talk about why that song was this way and the lyrics were this way. And, I, and the whole time I was just like, wait, Google, like Googling, like they wrote their own songs. Like, yeah, that's obviously they, they had help, but they were all involved. They all have songwriting credits on a whole bunch of their songs. That's Not crazy. All of them, but a bunch. I was very surprised about that. So do we really need to get into the background of the Spice Girls pop group formed in 1994? Or should we just... I mean, not really. Forward. I yeah. mean, is, is there any human that doesn't know? I don't know. I suspect if you're listening to our podcast, you probably are at least familiar with them. I just love that enjoy- it was chosen because yeah. I feel like it's a surprise from either of you who both brought it up. So that's fun. Yeah, to be honest, it never it never would have been on my to playlist. I just thought it would be fun for your like birthday month. And when Bryn suggested, I was like, honestly, the Spice Girls would be a really good episode because as short as their career was, it was explosively huge. Like the impact they had on music and especially like music and the music scene in the UK, I think gets severely underrated sometimes because Mm -hmm. they are a girl group. They broke fucking England for years. Like that's all anybody cared about, knew about, read about was the Spice Girls. And it's crazy to think they they managed it like she pinched the prince's bum and kissed him that's (laughs) so funny like didn't curtsy for the queen (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) and that's who like i think a lot of times people think of the spice girls as like very bubblegum pop very sweet and like cute and in reality they are actually an incredibly subversive band just in surprising ways like yeah not curtsying to the queen or just getting handsy with the prince like nobody would have conceived of doing that unless they were like a washed out coked up rock star (laughs) and apparently a lot of that was jerry like you just or ginger spice whatever it's like you just never knew what was going to come out of her mouth and she'd say that she'd be like we'd show up somewhere and i'd be like flirting with nelson mandela and saying things i shouldn't be saying and i'm like yeah i feel you sister on that (laughs) that's why she would be me And she, yeah, what'd she say about that? Where she's like, it seems like men in power really like sassy young women. Oh, yeah, yeah. something like that. Something like that. And I was just like, not too young. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's hope. Was like, that. That's one thing about those documentaries is like, we obviously still have that problem now. But just the way they talk about and just casually objectify every even positive critique they have of the Spice Girls is just super gross. They're just a bunch of badass ladies who broke a country and I'm pretty sure are still the best-selling girl group of all time at like sales, 90, sales or 90 something. Million, Is it 90? Like 90? Jesus, yeah. That's a lot. And yeah, I think they're still officially the best-selling girl group of all time. It's just, yeah. I, I didn't look into it, but I feel like in one of the documentaries, it just kind of slightly mentioned that Emma maybe was involved with the manager. And I was like, wasn't Emma like 17? 
She was 16 when she joined. I had that moment as well when they were talking about her being involved with Simon Fuller. And I was like... And they just pass over it and then they decide to fire him. And I'm like, oh, well, that seems good. That seems like the move. That's Dodge. Yeah, that's 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 good. That was one of the things that I wanted to mention about the difference between watching the behind the music that came out in the late 90s and watching the Viva Forever, which came out in 2012, was just just the overall tone of a lot of it. In the 90s, it was they kept they kept seeing to reinforce the idea that it was they were women and girls like, you know, it was like this was some miraculous thing that their gender was a big deal. Because I guess it was then. There was just this overall tone in the pre-Me Too world and the pre-like, I don't know, woke world, I suppose, if you want to call it that. The way they talked about them in the in the, in the behind the music in the, of the 90s, I found to be very cringy. I was like, I don't think you'd get away with this today. They were definitely like, there weren't a lot of girl bands. I th- It was, I feel like, all boy bands at the time. And I think the reason why they kind of like poster childed that was because they came up with this whole girl power thing. Like there were lots of female musicians. You didn't invent vaginas singing. Um, You try, but there were a few cringy moments in the documentary. Did you watch the documentary where I feel like they should have edited out that they were looking for a white girl group? I went back Mm. and listened to it twice because I I was like, that's not right. And he said white and then he said the first person they picked was Mel, Mel B. And I'm like, well, okay, well, you, that was obviously not your criteria. But I, it, I really like, ew, ew. Yeah, it only gets whiter from there. Yeah. I think that's kind of, I think you probably see that a lot. And unfortunately, especially with like female musicians. If you look at interviews 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and now, the way they're spoken to and about is mm-hmm. so radically different. And I think that's a big part of why almost like the Spice Girls gets washed out because there's just all this crazy over the top media hype about how it was it was more shocking that they were women than their sales numbers or the insane like touring dates they pulled or fucking shooting a movie as a by then essentially already washed out group and still making it a hit somehow is yeah crazy to me. It's crazy, and at the same time, it's like when they were showing Mel B and Posh performing pregnant, I was like, God bless you. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Like, holy shit. Like, yes, it asses. does take another level to be like a woman in that industry. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Shout out to yeah. Alanis. Alanis. <laughs> I watched two shows from the Spice world tour one from spain when jerry was still there and one from america i think when jerry wasn't and yeah there was they had they had to keep bantering between songs because mel b had to keep running to go pee (laughs) yeah and they kept and they were also saying like they were just throwing up everywhere before and you're like oh my god i don't like no yeah you're amazing good yeah Um, Can I just bring up one Britishism that I need to talk about? Because I think it's the funniest thing in the world that the Brits called nude models glamour models. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, we all know that Jerry was a glamour model and they show her naked. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love that. It sounds like our word, our word glamorous is like posh and jewels and and famous and their glamour is to be like the page six naked girl (laughs) glamour modeling the the, and the glamour shots that were being made in the 80s and 90s here memorable as they may be perhaps not as tasteful 
<laughs> as a good nude. <laughs> Glamour model. It just sounds so fancy and it's pretty trash baggy, but I mean, you do you. Do you. I did I try to find those pictures on the internet and couldn't. Found plenty of photos that pertained to be Jerry Hollywell nude, but I did not find the ones that they said were such a sensation when they were outed in the 90s. Couldn't find Oh, them. interesting. Yeah, which I, you know, I thought that that was exactly my thoughts. I was looking for them. I was like, Jerry Hollywell nudes, 80s, 90s, nothing. Couldn't find the ones that they showed in the behind the music. Just found plenty of others. Hmm. Some that were very obviously fake and some that were like, yeah, it's pretty good chance it's probably her. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Mazel tov, Jerry. <laughs> if, if anyone should have their foot, their photograph posted nude with their permission, she has every reason to feel good about it. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah, it's just I agree though. It's one of those things that it's just, despite the fact that they invented the fucking language, it's like they don't know how to use it. Like to me, <laughs> I get it's because I've spent so much time here, but to me, glamour makes much more. Ex- sense in the way we use it and the states uses it to mean yeah like very high class top end and it's insane to think that in england it just means fucking nude like it means to pose naked that's such a weird disconnect in the language super funny send glams send glams yeah send, send glams. glams oh my god we need to hashtag that hashtag yeah. send glams <laughs> um gl- Oh, I was like, if you say glam pick, you wouldn't know it was dick pick. That's tough. Um, uh, glam man pick? Man glam pick? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Let's take it offline. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're making this now. Yeah. There's going to be I'm a five-minute pause in the episode where we all brainstorm this. <laughs> I, uh, I'm here for it. It's one of the things I do with um, Renee is when we're having a conversation where it's just sort of like cheery, cheerful and stuff. Usually, instead of saying goodbye, I'll say send nudes. <laughs> Aww, that's nice. I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you later. Send nudes. Yeah, that's a good way to lighten it up. No, it's cute. She well, now does. you can then ask for glam pics. <laughs> Send glams. Send glams. Funny fact when Heather Bird and I lived in England together and we were big girls, we were like, we're going to get fit. And by doing, and our fitness routine involved doing Jerry Body Yoga maybe once a week. <laughs> and. <laughs> And it was the funniest thing ever because there'd be someone trying to, you know, be yoga and zen and then Jerry would yell out stupid shit throughout the whole thing. So (laughs) you're like, okay, like, you know, stretching into warrior and she's like, you can really feel it on your bottom. (laughs) (laughs) And we found it super, we would always have to stop because we were laughing so hard, but. Yeah, no doubt. It's amazing. I would love to see that again. Jerry Hollywell is a very interesting person, and I didn't realize, but she is married to the team, like the head of the team for Red Bull F1 Racing. Oh. Oh, I don't know who that is. Yeah, her husband, Christian Christian Horner, he's British team principal for Red Bull's racing Formula One team. So if you've ever watched the, you know, Formula One show on Netflix, it features him quite a bit. That's her husband. Hmm. So Jerry Hollywell is very integrated into uh, Formula One racing as well as everything else she does. I yeah, I mean, I feel like that's that's not any more surprising, though, than when Victoria married Beckham, right? Like, like Angie said that, I remember that, like, clear as day. I remember the first, like, it was one article, like, oh, Pasha Beckham getting married. And then it was everything, everywhere. It's all you would see. <laughs> 
And they my, were I remember so my sister famous. crying because she was in love with Beckham. Uh, they were so famous that me, as a Canadian, I had no idea who David Beckham was. And I did not know and clue in or remember that Victoria Beckham was in the Spice Girls. But I still knew who they were. I just knew who Posh and Bex were. I knew that they were married. I knew that they were famous. And I think I eventually found out that he was a footballer. Although I've never, I have no idea what teams he's played for. I think the only time I ever saw him play soccer was um, on the Snoop Dogg reality show. Where Snoop Dogg (laughs) takes his young sons to learn how to play soccer with David Beckham. And the boys and Snoop show up in literal slippers. Like fuzzy slippers. And David Beckham's like, you're going to have to change your shoes, boys. I was... I was like, oh, that's who David Beckham is. He plays soccer or football. <laughs> uh, but uh, never seen him, never seen a soccer game. Or, uh, ne- no, he played I'm for Manchester clueless. United. But it, he uh, he's a really hot man until he opens his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a bit of a high-pitched voice. And you're like, whoa, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he is a good-looking man, though. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I think I probably yeah. saw him on some like tattoo shows from TLC back in the day as well. Oh, that sounds right. Hey, play for Man U in Madrid, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And yeah, just not what you expect him to sound like. And no judgment, but not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for me. Fun fact about Snoop Dogg, though, he legitimately is a kid's soccer coach and apparently is like super well liked. Apparently, like the parents he, he actually like teaches, like he supervises teaches goes to tournaments to do like soccer tournaments for kids apparently mm-hmm. t- parents rave about him i bet Say, he would su- be amazing. super understanding he's fun but like he's fair and serious but he knows how to lighten up and like make your kid feel good about themselves no matter what i'm sure people are scrambling to get on that soccer team yeah right i, I didn't would. know he. <laughs> i didn't know he did soccer i knew he had the snoop youth football league i didn't know he was into soccer as well Maybe that's what I'm thinking. I could have swore it was soccer. We're the, really weird thing. When I'm reading about David Beckham, his agent is Simon Fuller. <laughs> oh, interesting. Anyways. Also, uh, I saw is, um, Posh Spice's Instagram last week, and she was showing her meal, which was one tomato slice and two avocado slices. And I was like, nope, that's a snack. That's not even a snack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it's not. She was that's, like, that's not even fancy meal or something and people were like no no <laughs> that doesn't even feel like the best parts of a salad no it just made me I, sad as I ate like probably a bowl of cereal while looking at it <laughs> I you pouring cream into, fo- into uh, a dessert yes a Britishism what'd you pull oh it definitely is football I just obviously was thinking actual oh, British football, football. <laughs> yeah oh yeah no he <laughs> not, it's the, not the football you get, game you play with your hands the American hand egg version. Ah, the handballs. Right? But that's the worst part is handball is a completely separate game too. <laughs> oh, it is? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, handball is a completely different game. They used to make that's, play that sounds like class. a penalty in a soccer game. It, it's a handball. <laughs> right? Handball. I actually handball. think it is. Fuck this language. No, it is. I know. <laughs> like, what is <laughs> happening? Like, I, haven't, I haven't listened to soccer in a long time, but I'm, yeah, positive that's correct. Yeah, nobody knows. But yeah, it is. He is a football coach. Like a minor league football coach, not yeah, soccer. Amer- American football. Yeah. Okay. Then I was I was right. I th- I was like, oh, maybe he does both because that's pretty cool. But yeah, that would be. I, <laughs> but I he saw does one Jeopardy with Martha Stewart. So. 
he's everywhere. He's he's this you know the Sam Jackson of the music world. He just shows up everywhere. Oh, you ever listen to rap? Go ahead, sorry. Listen to listen to any rap music from the '90s, and he's on all of them. It doesn't matter who it was. <laughs> he's in everything. I'm just discovering that Mel C was straight. Oh, Did you we know that. Speaking of everything, people I don't think I ever thought about it. <laughs> she dated Robbie Williams, Anthony Kiedis. Oh wow! You imagine that workout routine? Those two. Yeah, Jesus. Pass. Just gonna eat cinnamon buns. Yeah. And she has a kid. I just always assumed she was uh, liked women. Hmm. That's bad. Sorry. Bad. According to Mel B, they all have sex with each other anyway. So she very well could be very happily bisexual and just leans towards men in her relationships. What did you read about that? Because I remember reading that a few years ago and being like, fascinating. And then I was going to read it before this and I forgot. Uh, I didn't read about it. I found it on my adventures through YouTube and Vice Girls this week, where Mel B, apparently in a book or something, revealed that her and Jerry had had a sexual relationship. And then I saw her on Jonathan Ross, or Jonathan Walsh, if you're familiar (laughs) with uh, his way of speaking. Uh, Because he was questioning her about it, and... He was, and she was like, yeah, Jerry was sort of like, wow, why'd you bring it up? It was so long ago, and now it's a whole thing. And, and he's like, and you know, the other girls, they were fine with it. He's like, oh, they probably just prefer that I keep my mouth shut about them. And then she's like, wait, sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it, it's like, what's real? What's conjecture? She's like, I can't lie. I'm just a bad liar. It's like, yeah, you don't get as far as you do in show business as Mel B without being able to, like, play the game. Yeah, no kidding. You know, she also apparently has gone through some pretty severe financial issues and stuff. And so she may also have some motivation to drum up drama to keep herself in the media. And so people will hire her to do things like American Idol or X Factor or some such thing. Doesn't she have that guy's children? You know, that guy. Eddie Murphy. (laughs) She's got one with with Eddie Murphy. Yeah. She's got three kids. They all have different fathers. One of them is Eddie Murphy. Man, you think you'd be getting some good baby money i don't know how that works don't listen to me i just i i don't know i don't really know much about that i remember at the time he apparently had to pay her a bunch of money because the paternity wasn't for sure or something and then when it got determined that he was the father of her child there was some money that had to exchange hands i hope they announced it on a talk show of some kind (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know about the other guys that she has children with you know it's if if she was better off than they were then they're not gonna have to pay her child support I also don't know how British child support laws work. Yeah, right. That's what I was I just saying. I barely understand them in Canada. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. if there's anything I know about British society and their laws is that they tend to be roughly two decades behind ours. So God only knows what their child support looks like. Oh, remember so. when Mel C did that song with Brian Adams? That was a great song. Nope. <laughs> oh, when <laughs> you're gone? Shit, it's so good. Listen to it. All right. I must when admit did it come I out? didn't. 98? Okay, so very shortly after they... Split, it just probably. says on November 30th, like if you break. That could be any year. I know, but I'm. they've been talking about 98 before. Anyways, it's a banger. All right. I will listen then. I, I think never it was listened funny. to any of their solo stuff, except Jerry's like, look at me. That's yeah, that was, that was terrible. You would, I, Emma Bunting had a really great song that I really liked after they broke up, and I don't remember what it is, but it was very good. No, I'm gonna That'd go be fun it. to revisit. This is how we're going to be able to revisit the Spice Girls in a year or so. Is we're going to start going through <laughs> solo. their solo albums. Oh, that sounds terrible. Mel C's punk album. 
<laughs> it was funny that we went from Radiohead, where it was like all bangers, to the Spice Girls, where you're like, banger, <laughs> shitty filler song. Banger, <laughs> holy shitty filler song. Yeah, getting back to the albums, that is something I also noticed. It was like the songs that I knew and had heard a million times, or even things like Mama, where I really only knew the chorus because I'd heard that in various things throughout the years. I either really knew the songs and connected with them and they were great and they were fun and I never really got sick of listening to them no matter how many times I threw them on in the car. And then everything else was just like, I don't think I even made it all the way through Spice World. I got like no, to the second terrible. song. Like the second song passed the hits and I was just like, what else is on? Like, Same. I, was yeah. like, I feel like I'm not going to need to listen to these to still be able to speak to the band. A hundred percent thought the same thing. One thing I do want to say, though, because I do mostly agree, like I, for one, like I said, I'm actually really glad you suggested Spice World because I didn't realize that the original album Spice had so many like down tempo songs almost, mm. which does not work for them. The Spice Girls only works when it's like max speed, volume, fun, where they would slow down and have almost like, I don't want to say they were like slow love songs because comparatively nothing they released was slow, just slow for them. But yeah, I don't know. I just, they're fun, but somehow also completely <clears throat> uninteresting. I don't have any desire to listen to any of your music, <laughs> but I'll leave it on if it's playing. But Lady is a Vamp, I am in love. I think it's silly, it's amazing, it's fun. Oh my god, that's so funny. It's ridiculous. Did I even listen to that song? I, I love yeah, their no, slow totally songs. Didn't. And I think they have great slow songs. Ugh. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one who disagrees with Steven on this. Because I was yeah, like, two become one's great, one, naked. Yeah. Make yeah. it great, Viva Forever. They're all good songs. They're good songs. Um, yeah, and they're not on meh. this album, but Goodbye from the Forever album Forever? is yeah. lovely. I the rest of the album well. is garbage. I think they don't nearly have the talent or presence on an album to get away with how much shit they tried to pull. But their bangers are bangers. Fucking Wannabe on Spotify, 596 million plays. Naked, 3.6. <laughs> that difference is obscene. I've never seen that I don't before. Even Naked was a single, though. No, it wasn't. No, it was on Spice. It's but on, I mean, it wasn't It's was on a the single. album. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't one of their big singles. No, no, not it's, at all. It's a staple from their concerts because they would always look like they'd always sit backwards on chairs and make it seem like they weren't wearing anything. <laughs> yeah. So, like, who do you think you are, Mama? Um, and the first three songs, which are all pretty well-known hits, have, like... 20 million and above the rest are all like three four maybe five and that's kind of how i felt about all of their music is that it just was like way more bland than i remember it being and i think it's just mm. it's just generic like i love the band and they're fun and i love the people but the music just was meh right up until i hit ladies of amp because that just made, I literally burst out laughing in the backyard when it came on. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this seriously a cover of Lady is a Tramp? Nope, completely, absolutely sounds exactly the same instrumentally, but lyrically it's very fun. And it's, I don't know, I don't think I listened to any of these albums all the way through, but I found <laughs> the departure in sound for Lady is a Vamp, like immediately grabbed my attention and from there, I was just like, oh, this is actually pretty fucking good. And that might be the problem. That is that like... I think I got like 20 seconds songs. into Lady as a Vamp and I was like, and yeah. back to Spice Up Your Life. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so like, 
I don't know. I don't think they're most of the songs are that good. I think they've got a couple good ones, but I don't understand. I guess I do understand, but it's crazy to me that they sold what they did off the power of ultimately like five songs. Singles were a big deal back then. Radio play was a big deal back then. And they were like the promotion. Like remember when they said they did like 800 commercials in one year and you know, guess who your target audience is like tweens, man, they are a powerful demographic. Another again, one of the, something worth mentioning is sort of like I think at the time I didn't want to like the Spice Girls because it's what girls liked, <laughs> and it's another one of those things where it's like, oh, if you want people not to like things, just market it to girls. But right. that's a great way to make money. They were just something fun and different, and fuck those songs were catchy. And I just remember as a whatever grade six grade seven girl we all would just like yell along to all the songs and and love it and it was so fun to watch them that they all had personalities like they weren't just you know just a regular you know in 98 degrees do you even remember any of their names no i don't did they have special personalities no oh yeah that guy but they had like almost dramatic roles for each other like that was so fun like they were you know campy and and um they were you know mouthy and stuff and it was real. i think it was important and it was fun for girls to see regardless of all the mixed messaging it was it was cool to see your next door neighbor girls because they looked exactly like the next door neighbors just you know <laughs> what seemed like having fun and doing what they love to do they were sort of like live dolls too like you say like they all had the, their own barbie essentially it was like they were all different personality barbies like you get baby barbie scary barbie ginger barbie yeah <laughs> and they all had a personality and then you know i guess girls could latch on to whichever one they liked yeah. the personality of most or they could sing you know they wanted to learn all the parts that you know jerry sang or something and they would always sing all of jerry's parts because jerry was their girl and i guess and the whole like girl power thing growing up as a boy meant nothing to me but i suspect the whole girl power thing was a lot more important than i ever gave a credit for oh for sure and i mean like i saw that even with like i said primarily with my sister she was all in all the time and like my mom too i guess kind of had the same way i feel about them now is that like wasn't necessarily a fan of the music but i don't think that detracts from how important i think they were or like the changes and the impact they they created in the uk and then ultimately around the world and i yeah i absolutely love that very hardcore like girl power theme to everything they do even when they're being cute and fun it's still about it's all it's all about women empowerment and that's like i know from what i remember at least in the uk extremely important and it's part of why they were such a big subversive deal was that that was fuck that didn't exist like nobody would go on a world stage and kind of talk about shit like that from an english perspective and i wanted to say for the record I might not be able to name anyone from 98 Degrees, Angie, but I can tell you the first names of every motherfucker in Westlife. <laughs> like, who the fuck is Westlife? What? Oh my god, I can't believe you don't know Westlife. Agreed. Oh, they're guess British, right? You, you being in England, you would have been too late for Westlife. Um, yeah, they were like, almost like the British Backstreet Boys. They were originally Irish, which is a part of why I and so many people love them, is because I love their accents. But yeah, they were like, they started in 98, I think, 98, 99. And yeah, they are 100%. Like, if you go watch the music videos and shit, they're a fucking, they're an Irish Backstreet Boys. Oh, sure. I, do, I know who they are, but I don't recognize any of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was like, yeah, I know, fuck all. I literally only know 
Is it L- Nick Lachey or Nick LaHaye? I think it's Nick Lachey. Lachey, yeah. Nick Lachey. He was married to Jessica I only, Simpson. That's the only reason I know him because they had that very famous reality show. I yeah. only know him because one of our radio hosts here in Edmonton on Now Radio, um, Rachel Day, is obsessed with 98 Degrees. Oh and my God. particularly Nick. Nick was her like boy band crush as a kid. So oh, she, she talks about it a lot. And I remember he was in a really stupid, really bad, like, I think it was a weed legalization commercial. And I remember <laughs> watching it and Danielle was like, holy shit, is that Nick Lachey? And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, why am I supposed to care? And it came up, it was like 98 degrees. I was like, what does that mean? And rising. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And she did the same thing. She's like, how the fuck do you not know what 98 degrees is? Like, I was like, no, not at all. I honestly don't even think I know any of their songs because yeah, I didn't have, I didn't really have like Backstreet Boys around growing up. It was like all Westlife. My mom loved Westlife, Westlife and um, Robbie Williams. We listened I to a shit ton of it in Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started. I love him. <laughs> I wanted to marry him forever. What a cheeky fun I Brit. I remember that. <laughs> I remember when you were all about Robbie Williams. Oh my god! Oh, I never, I never got so it. Deserved. I never got Robbie. Williams. Oh, so deserved. He's like the number. I swear, in England, everyone at karaoke always sang Robbie. Williams. protection. It's so bad. <laughs> but it's it's like a cultural thread that binds us all together. If oh you've been god. there longer than like six months. You know when to adore Robbie Williams. And you're right, he's just so fun. He's just, he's cheeky so naturally, which is something I don't think you see a lot with like British personalities because they're, they're always raised and taught to be so prim and proper. And like, that's how you get like the Simon Cowles that just like, meh, and grump about all the time. Robbie Williams has just always been so much fun. <laughs> not that this episode's about Robbie Williams, but I can't not. It's Robbie Williams. I'm okay that we're talking mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I remember the Spice Girls being a big deal and I really like who they were and what they stood for, but the music, well, like I said, like really fun, especially the hits. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that like wannabe spice up your life, stop, aren't fucking bangers that you could dance to without stopping. I just, I found the song is either an absolute banger and crazy catchy or just a complete waste of fucking time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when they when they brought the good ones, they brought it hard, and the rest of them, it was just they like, really called it in. Victoria those Beckham sang those ones or something. <laughs> yeah, they it's turned off the wrong mics. <laughs> <laughs> it's really more of a of a performance piece than a song. It's just the sound of someone pointing. It's art and music. <laughs> Too much is actually about Victoria Beckham singing. I'm desperate to figure out what Westlife song I know. Trying to think of what their like yeah, biggest ones were. Oh my god, looking at these screen grabs is amazing. Just like Google Westlife songs and just look at the like screen grabs of the faces for each song. It's so good. Oh my Spotify's being a dick. <laughs> oh anyways, we can circle back on this. I will do some research. Cause if they were massive there, we were obviously listening to it. I remember them being massive. Maybe they weren't, but to pull it back I'm... and revisit in another episode. Yeah. Formally, anyways, perhaps. 
and Spice Girls. That was super fun. I had fun watching all the documentaries. I like when we have extra homework because- uh, Yeah, this one was really cool. I didn't think I was gonna watch them and then I just kind of put them on the background and did my shit. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm taking this in. Yeah, I totally ended up watching (laughs) all of them. And then we watched fucking Spice World. Me and Danielle watched Spice World together because I knew she had never seen it. That's so fun. I've seen it, but I don't remember anything about it. I remember being (laughs) like, oh, this is kind of fun and shitty, but it's fun. Yeah, that's I've all I've ever seen. Didn't seen change my mind. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen one scene, and the plan is, at least for Angie and I, Stephen can join us if he gets over his camera shyness. The week that we release this album, or this episode, or a couple weeks therein, we will do a like an Instagram live or make a YouTube video or something where we we watch Spice Girls, Spice World for fun, <laughs> just for some extra content. Yeah, I know. Like we had discussed that, and then I just couldn't. After watching all the documentaries and stuff, it was You're just like, like I had to. I have to I just, watch it. <laughs> I ran out of time. I just, I've, you know, it's, I just haven't been focused. My whole world is upside down. Getting up at five a.m. to go to this new job and getting, I'm just blech. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know what a um, Westlife song you would yes. almost definitely know. By the way, it's Uptown Girl. Yeah, but that's not a Westlife song. Yeah, but. Listen to the version of it, because I'm sure Our you hippie know the anthems will not go unheard. Uptown girl. Why is this being such a dick face? Oh, we'll sort this out after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I no, I will listen to so Uptown hard. Girl this second. All right. I mean, why would I know that was a Westlife song? That's a uh, someone else's song. Oh, it is, but Billy I Joel. think you would know to hear their version of it. I think you'll recognize it. Yeah, I'm sure. What because I, it's a. I think honestly, it's a pretty fun, decent okay, cover. Well, my Spotify's having a mental breakdown, but um, <laughs> can't oh, really I compare. Who is, who is Boy Billy, Joel? Billy Joel? <laughs> Billy like Joel. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I've just seen too much of The Crown. Oh, funny, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Inch. Yep, I was just. I was that's, letting you know. The... Reference wasn't lost. <laughs> While I was trying to get Westlife to fucking play. Sorry. My bad. Gave me the golf clap of humor. Yep, I am acknowledging that you said that. You said it. Your words were acknowledged. I got that reference. Back to me. Moving on. We got to wrap up. We're getting long. Oh, yeah. Damn. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I think like... You can cut out all of Westlife for 20 minutes. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Figure out where Robbie Williams ends, and that can just be where the episode ends. Oh, <laughs> Robbie Williams should never end. Agreed. Oh, now I feel well, like I should have picked him. Yeah, it's so ridiculous that the most iconic Westlife sound I can think of is literally their cover of a Billy Joel song. Right. But it is. It's just like their version is just so almost like definitive to me that like when I hear it, I immediately am like, oh yeah, fuck, I know who this is right away. Like just the first couple beats. I'm like, this ain't the original. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely look into Westlife. We will talk about it throughout the week. I just, I like listening to them talk too, because I'm a sucker for some Irish accents. Ah, the Irish. Oh, what do I say? That sounds really good. Plantain. I was eating a plantain. I do. That's my, that's my Northern Ireland. Really good, yeah. (laughs) I was working on it when I was watching Sons of Anarchy when they go to Ireland. (laughs) That's the way to do it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Jax, don't touch the plantain. Anyways, (laughs) I don't know why I used plantain. It's a fun word to say, especially in Irish. Yeah. (laughs) 
It has nothing to do with Ireland. Okay, what are we doing? Final wrap up? I don't have anything to say. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, the docs were fun. Uh, I learned a lot, even though I was like, mm-hmm. ah, I know everything. I didn't, and that was fun. <laughs> it was a good romp. I would say, much like Mel C's gold tooth, <laughs> it was very fun at the time. <laughs> it holds some nostalgic. <laughs> It holds some nostalgic joy for me to listen to this, even though I absolutely did everything I could to hate Spice Girls when they came out. But remember them for what they were. If you st- do, you need to listen to these albums all the way through. Absolutely not. Stick with the hits, and you'll have covered everything worth hearing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, if you want to learn about them, they're a very, very interesting look at how music was manufactured back in the '90s, where people who were not even musicians were basically scooped off the street. And then turned into the biggest music product at the time. Crazy. And it worked in a lot of different ways. They were the most successful ones that happened to be women. But there was a lot of boy bands out there that were probably a very similar story. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, that would be kind of my final thoughts too, is like, I learned a lot, which is really cool. It's always my my favorite thing about this podcast is learning something cool about the artists or these songs. And yeah, I learned an absolute shit ton. I didn't know anything about the fucking Spice Girls, apparently, other than like three other songs. And yeah, right. I agree. They're fun. Listen to the hits, dance, have a good time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like they're just, they're just poppy fucking bangers. There's just no getting around that. But it stick it to passed, the hits. <laughs> it passed the. Uh, it passed the my kids test. Oh yes, I. Oh yeah. So. When uh, I had Winifred for the week, we're kind of having to sort of split them up. One of my my older daughters having a lot of like emotional regulation issues, so we're having to split the girls up just kind of for their own safety. And so I had my youngest daughter, and she was just all about Adele or not Adele Lizzo last week. She was just wanted to listen to Lizzo all the time. And the mo- I was taking her to daycare in the morning. And I just didn't want to listen to Truth Hurts again, and so. I was like, I'm going to listen to something else. We're going to listen to Spice Girls. And she was like, well, it better not be boring, Dad. And I was like, and I put Spice <laughs> And she And she's sitting in the back, arms folded, like, all right, old man, impress me. This and is your I job put, interview. I put, I put Spice Up Your Life on, and she sat there for a couple of, you know, for the la-la-las, and then it, like, really hits. And she just kind of looks at me through the, in the mirror, and she's just like, Okay. <laughs> I resentfully <Exactly>. agree. <laughs> Kids are and then, and then from then on, she just kept asking to listen to "Spice Up Your Life." Listen, can we listen to the La La song, Dad? Can we listen to yeah. La La song? Well, I, I mean, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a banger. I am. I'm far it's too awesome. old and disinterested in being cool anymore to not admit that when the Spice Girls did it right, they really did it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think it's I think a lot of times the Spice Girls do get undersold on how talented they they are realistically because even if they're not the most amazing vocal artists, the the work, the fucking hustle they put in to get as big as they did, and like their ability to just charm a crowd and fucking dance their hearts out on stage is still an incredibly impressive talent, especially years down the road when they've been doing it for so long. I think they they definitely should get more credit for the talents they had rather than just getting lumped into, you know, throw away, you know, bands that had a couple good hits. They're they're absolutely what can happen when enough things go right. You're in the right place at the right time and talent isn't necessary. Like they're they're the product of working hard. They learned how to sing together and dance together and all of that shit because they worked at it for two years. That was their entire life. And they got good at it. 
-hmm. Yeah, and I think it goes a long way to like, I think stage presence and charm and like that, that ability to draw people into you and keep them engaged, no matter what you're doing, is something that really defined their like their ability to succeed. And I think it was something they all had in huge amounts, even like Posh's like kind of bitchy cold shoulder personality still had a lot of like charm and humanity to it almost. And it's just, it, they're just easy and fun to watch no matter what they're doing when they're together. They're just, they command the stage and they command your attention. And I think that is just as big a talent as the ability to sing or play an instrument. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I'm listening to Westlife. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Any a punk rocker would agree with you, Stephen, that musical ability and singing ability <laughs> plays little into their ability to make the art and be the performers that they want to be. Angie's somewhere else, but we need you to come back because what are we listening to next week? It's, I don't recognize waited... any of these songs. Sorry. It's I'm not Westlife. I'm just <laughs> confirming. We've, we've, we've I don't waited know three Westlife. weeks for your choice for your birthday month. Oh, God. I'm going to let you down because I got over overwhelmed and I picked something probably bad so I got overwhelmed because I can listen to 90s music all the time and like the number one album of the 90s was okay computer so check um do we want to listen to Pearl Jam we do not REM uh I don't know like Counting Crows a whole album uh so I um spent too much time thinking about it and then forgot to make a decision and I am doing a fallback decision so you did exactly what I did I'm dumb yeah oh my god and also I was telling my partner I was like oh it's it's 90s albums like can you guess what I'm gonna pick and he said is it like drips or life and I'm like do you mean moist or live? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's probably what I'm talking about. No, their name is now Drips, and that's Drips. incredible. And like- Live was a band I considered suggesting. <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyways, I wanted to just suggest something uh, amazing and epic and cool, but I'm going to suggest one of my guilty pleasures that I listen to all the time. So we will be listening to Eve 6, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I don't know who that is, so oh, I do. Okay, I do know who Eve Six is. I don't. I couldn't name any of their songs, but I guarantee you, I'll, I will recognize some of them. Yeah, and don't feel bad. You have no idea how close you guys came to listening to Collective Soul. <laughs> I love Collective Soul. Me too. I saw them live. I was Blues Fest. Well, we'll revisit them then. But yes, I was so close to suggesting their uh, self-titled album, the blue one with December on it and all that. Yeah. I was like, I loved that album. I what Eve Six album are we listening to? Uh, it's just called Eve Six. The one with the fly on it? Yeah. The Eve Six album? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was thinking of Ben Folds 5. I was thinking of Third Eye Blind. I was thinking of Wallflowers. And I just was like, you know what? I listen to this album all the time because I it will never die to me. I just love it. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, that's going to round out our month of 90s. Definitely not our last time revisiting this decade, I'm sure, since we all seem to struggle on what to pick. But for right now, we are over time. I'm afraid our time has come to an end. <laughs> Stephen, really thanks good. for a really thanks for a really fun pick. I'm glad that we were able to do this, and maybe just maybe you will have suggested the episode that finally tops Ace of Base. Oh shit! As I didn't our, think of that as yeah. our most downloaded and listened to episode. It's got a ways to go, but if anyone can do it, I believe the Spice Girls can. So if you're still here, thank you so much for listening, and we will be back with a new episode in a couple of weeks. See you. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Life to Labyrinth podcast. Theme music by Devin Rose. Find Devin on Bandcamp or any streaming service. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Life Number Two Labyrinth.